Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Bellinger now with 19 home runs, drives one in the air, left center, this ball's got a chance, gone! Bellinger strikes again. This one more toward left center, but it almost looked like he was trying to hit it that way. Massey is one for four with a double. Left-handed hitter, there goes the runner, the pitch. Bouncing ball slowly, left side. Candelario throws to first. Cubs win the ball game. Alzelay gets another save, his 13th in a row. And the Cubs with a big victory today over the Kansas City Royals. The final, six to four. Good job by Alzelay. This ball's well hit to right by Charlie, and it is gone. Two-run, Charlie Blackman home run. Sixth big fly of the season for Chuck Nasty. 95 up under the beard. 1-2. In the air, well hit, deep left field, and there is number 33. It's like he locks in more on two strikes. Well, also, I think hitters don't really like high fastballs under their chins. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Ah, uh, just in time for low brass. 
Good morning, everybody. It is Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, on 670 The Score. Hope all is well with you on the 20th of August. Man, it's good to be here. We're going to have fun today on the radio show. We're going to talk about baseball in August, and it's relevant. The Chicago Cubs are very much in the hunt for a playoff spot. They are uh, four games into a 12-game stint against, quote, bad teams, unquote, and are just two and two, which is not ideal. But let's see what they can do over the next 10. Funny thing about those, quote, bad teams, unquote, they have lots of really good players on them. You guys notice this? You'd be like, oh, that's a bad team. And then you're like, oh, wait, Bobby Witt Jr. is unbelievable. I mean, I know he made an error yesterday. But he also, like, beat out an infield hit that Jamer Candelario did not make a slow play on, really. And then he homered the other day against Tyone. And, oh, by the way, the Kansas City Royals, did you know this, that, that since the 28th of July, they have the best batting average in the American League, the best OPS in the American League? Yeah, the Kansas City freaking Royals. Like, they have the most stolen bases in the American League. They can't pitch. Well, Brady Singer's been great. Brady Singer since July 22nd, second in batting average against, second in OPS against in all of Major League Baseball. But Cubs and Cody Bellinger got to him yesterday with the help of some wind. So what I'm saying is even bad teams can rise up and beat you because they have good players. Last night in Colorado, two bad teams played each other. The Rockies and the White Sox right now, I think they have the same record, don't they? Sean, look at the standings. Sean's, they do. Uh, they both are, I think, 48 and 72. Uh, is, is that what it is? Uh, 48 and 75. Ugh. They are both 27 games under 500. Woof. Uh, I'm not going to lie, folks. I've eliminated most real-time White Sox game viewing from certain nights of the week. Like, I, I, I just, I got to tell you, I, I will catch up. I will watch a condensed game, which is a good eight, nine minutes. You see just about everything of consequence, and I'll read about it. And if I'm home and they're on and I'm not doing stuff, then I'll, I'll watch because I'm in the knowledge acquisition business. And there's some young players that I want to see. Lenin Sosa is here. I'm glad about that. I want to see Oscar Colas, especially when he doubles. I really don't want to see him when he jumps into the right field wall awkwardly and then falls to the ground like 25 feet away from the ball as it, as, as it rolls around. That was last night. So I did see that, but I saw it on highlight form. And I'm not ashamed. You could say, Matt, you're a baseball host in a unique two-team town. How do you not watch the White Sox actively, daily? Well, folks, they're not good. They're not good, and the games are not the story. The story is what's going to happen in the offseason. The story is some of the development of the young people that are there, and we can talk about all of that along the way. In fact, uh, the, the leak receptacle of choice for the Chicago White Sox, Bob Nightingale, has something in his column today that we will get to and we will discuss. Texter says, good morning, Matt. I love this song. What is it? That is the opening theme from This Week in Baseball. 
the weekly television show of a lot of our youths that was airing throughout the 80s and into the 90s. I think it I think it might have barely lasted into the aughts, but by the time it went off, Sports Center existed and, you know, I I don't think MLB Network existed, but by the time it went off, you saw highlights more than just once a week on this week in baseball. But the problem is that if you had rain delay theater, God, that was the best game would be in rain delay. Folks, uh, we're going to step away for a minute. Here's this week's episode of This Week in Baseball. And yeah, right. And Mel Allen would come in and you're like, oh, yes, bring it to me. Maybe I'll see the San Diego chicken. Maybe Morgana, the kissing bandit, made an appearance somewhere this week. I want to find out. Did it, were there any triple plays? I bet I'll see one. There was a triple play the other night. Did you guys see the uh, the LA Angels triple play? I know I'm rambling, but I, I had a long night, which maybe you can hear in my voice. But it, it was for a very good reason why I had the long night. Look, I'll talk about the, the Angels triple play later, okay? All right, that's fine, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, I'll talk about it. Like, we're going to be here all morning. I know, all I'm morning. pushing it on you, man. That's my fault. Just slow down, dude. Sean, stop forcing carbs on me and stop um, making me talk about the Angels triple play. You're right. I'm sorry. It's yeah, too early. It's back too early. off, dude. Um, I was at the Metro last night for the celebration of life for Lynn Bramer, and really it was a celebration of life for everybody in attendance. It was an incredible night, and I got to sing – and lead the band that is called the Lindbergers. And we played a set of songs that Lynn loved. That, a set list that I put together with Lynn's um, wife, Sarah, and his son, Wilson. Um, so I put the set list together with those two. And then Wilson played guitar with us for three songs. And it was a remarkable and memorable, meaningful evening. After we were done, Los Lobos played, and then Bob Mould played. And this was all after a day at Wrigley called Lynn's Binge, where if you were watching, you saw his wife and his son and his two brothers out there for the first pitch. One of his brothers threw out the first pitch, and just the whole thing was, it was an incredible day, an incredible confluence of powers coming together to make an event that spoke to Every aspect of a wonderful, wonderful man. So 93XRT and the Cubs and the city and the Metro and the music community and the culinary community. Because there were a bunch of chefs out there for Lynn's Binge at Gallagher Way. Like 5,000 people at Gallagher Way hanging out and and eating incredible food and celebrating Lynn. Just a, a remarkable day and night in this city for a beautiful man who I miss dearly on a personal level. Um, Joe Shanahan, who owns the Metro, is going to come on this show at 1140 and talk about the day and the night. Also, at 11 o'clock, one of the greatest relief pitchers of all time and a man who was scouted, discovered, and signed by the late Buck O'Neill. It's Lee Smith on this radio show at 11 o'clock. I cannot wait to talk to Lee Smith. So Lee Smith at 11 and Joe Shanahan at 11.40. At 10.20, I'm going to introduce you to an absolutely brilliant and hilarious baseball creation that you need to know about. It, I mean, it is, it's, it's genius, frankly. 
and I've been wanting to talk to this guy about his creation for a long time. So that's at 1020. Trust me, it's really cool. His name is Mr. King. And now back to our show. The Cubs beat the Royals on the strength of Cody Bellinger's two home runs and a sacrifice fly, and on the strength of Justin Steele's excellent pitching. That dude is an ace. We'll talk about Bellinger, but let's discuss Justin Steele for a moment, shall we? When he strikes out the side in the fourth with um, man on second, I I mean, it's astounding to understand what he can do manipulating his pitches. Two pitches. All he's doing it with is fastball and slider. Folks, the fastball, as I think you know by now, has sometimes it cuts and he can throw it like a cut fastball or a cutter. Sometimes it rides and he throws it a little more like a true four-seamer and it's got that carry, that absence of drop that makes it look like it's rising, which of course is not possible. But anyway, so the fastball is two different things, and he can mess around with velocity on that. And then that slider is sometimes a curveball. Do do we understand what's happening? He throws a breaking ball. And his ability to change speeds and sometimes shape on that is amazing. There's a Salvador Perez at bat. I think it's the first out of the fourth after there's a man on second where he goes down and in with the slider like three times, and Salvi makes an unbelievable swing again and again just to foul off those pitches. You got that strikeout? Now the 2-2 to Perez. Swing and a miss, strike three. Steele strikes out Perez. A runner still at second with one down. So that last pitch that he strikes out Perez with was four to five miles per hour slower than the sliders he'd been throwing. I mean, just ridiculous. Same spot, but a little slower. And I don't know exactly what that does to a hitter. It certainly messes with their timing and their balance and their rhythm. But I suspect that coming out of the hand to Sal Perez, he's like, ooh, that's different. Or like, I don't know that he thinks it's a fastball, but maybe it's just that little extra bit that gets him out in front. So he can't foul it off. So it has a little bit of a change-up quality just because he takes a few miles per hour off. The ability to do that from Justin Steele, man, that is special stuff. I know he had a really nice check swing strike out of Fermin, too, I think, as well here. Now the 2-2 on the way. Check swing, I think he went. Yes, he did. Strike three. Chad Whitson, the first base umpire, made that call. He just kept on throwing low inside cutters and sliders and finally strikes out for me and after a good battle. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So, yeah, it's like those sliders that bore in on the righties and end up down around the shoe tops, he can change the shape and speed of those. It, it is truly, It is truly elite starting pitcher stuff. So when you see that ERA of 2.80, which I believe is second in the National League, Or is it second in all of MLB? It is Sunday morning. I might as well just look at the leaders, folks. It's third in all of MLB behind Blake Snell of the Padres with a huge bounce back season and Nathan Eovaldi of the Texas Rangers. Justin Steele, third best ERA in baseball, ahead of guys like Garrett Cole and Zach Gallen and Shohei Otani, who's in the top 10 (laughs) because... 
because what is he not in the top 10 of right he's in the top 10 of era for starting pitchers and he's the only hitter with an ops over one it's the only guy in baseball it's outrageous dude's got 43 homers he's got 43 homers on august 20 shohei otani it's unbelievable and he's thrown 130 innings struck out 165 people preposterous see every baseball show in america at some point turns into a shohei otani appreciation show there's just no way around it so anyway steel is is tremendous and you know there's a lot of things to talk about with this cubs team it's funny i walked in and the first text i see was speaks you got to Order up a blowout, complete game shutout from Kyle Hendricks today. Cubs bullpen kept trying to give away the game yesterday, so we need vintage Kyle in control today while that Cubs lineup knocks Jordan Lyles around the yard. Yeah, that would be a good order. Get a good seven, eight innings from Kyle as he's just like chill. Give that bullpen a rest. Because remember they talked about all the off days? Those are done. Those those two off days are done. So there's um, there's a lot of work to do. And because the Cubs will go on the road and they will be in Detroit and be in Pittsburgh to round out this stretch of um, this stretch of uh, of games against, quote, bad teams, unquote. But there are no off days after today for the rest of the month. So, yeah. A Kyle Hendricks long start would be would be good news. We need to talk about the Tucker Barnhart DFA. We need to talk about uh, Miles Mastroboni being back here. We need to talk about Patrick Wisdom's usage in this lineup and on defense. We need to talk about Ian Happ in the three-hole, although he had a nice hit yesterday with the bases loaded. There's a few things we need to talk about. And I'm also going to be able to share with you some perspective from the bleachers. As I sat in the bleachers for the first time in a long time on Friday, Danny Parkins and I doing our show from Wrigley, and we hung out with listeners, members of the Parkins and Spiegel mob, and that was a tremendous experience. But I learned some baseball stuff out there, too. When you get that perspective out there, you see some different things. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. And also, I need you to hear just how good Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer are as it relates to Cody Bellinger and much, much more. So we're going to do a lot of Cubs because they are relevant and in the playoff chase here in August in the first hour. Top of the 10 o'clock hour, White Sox fans, I'll share with you that nugget I was mentioning from Bob Nightingale and what I think it means for the big picture offseason to come for the Chicago White Sox. Mr. King at 1020, Lee Smith at 11 o'clock. We're live on Marquee. On the Marquee Sports Network at 11 o'clock as well. Joe Shanahan from the Metro at 1140. And we are on until about 1245 when Cubs pregame comes your way. So much to get to. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The score listener line that is available for you right now at 312-644-6767 is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. So come and hang out and hit and run for the next three hours. It's Speaks here with you. 
Cubs fans, you want to get in now and discuss this team and any aspect of it, do it at 312-644-6767. Keep it right here on The Score. We're back with more Hit and Run. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. On 670 The Score. No crying. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and Run with Matt Spiegel. Putting the lineup on his back is kind of what he does. He's been in the middle of that order, driving in runs, putting the ball in the seats, sack fly there off of, you know, looked like he didn't feel quite as comfortable with that at bat and finds a way to get that sack fly there with Jan running a third, Seiya with a nice sack fly. But, you know, the, the belly story is like our offense kind of kind of goes as he goes he's just really really important and nico's on on base all day today a lot of traffic just a really nice job i thought offensively early on it's david ross talking about cody bellinger says it was a nice day for the offense overall and bellinger talked about that after the game as well like just how proud he is to be part of uh overall with the offense how the how everybody's having good at bats And you know I've talked about this quite a bit. I've kind of asked every Cubs-related guest over the past month or so about a version of this question. I've said, you know, Cody Bellinger's really, he's able to to be a good contact hitter when he needs to situationally and also has a lot of power. Seems very selfless about that. Does that have a good effect on the rest of the lineup? I've asked, like, everybody that. And – Obviously looking for confirmation on something that I believe. And Nico Horner uh, with us with Parkinson's Spiegel said, absolutely. Yeah, a- absolutely. That's true. I think Mike Talkman gave a version of yes. But so I think I can stop asking it now. You know, I-, I-, I think I can. Good morning. It's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. David Ross was talking about how Cody Bellinger put in work hitting the opposite way. Yeah, I mean, a great atmosphere, great hitting environment today. You know, there's real power from, like you said, to left, center, left for, for left-handed hitters. And it's funny, he was out there working on that or in early BP and, and hitting a lot of those balls that way. So just put in the work and it pays off in his approach. And, you know, he's he's a worker and I know he, he takes a lot of pride in, in his at-bats. And they're really consistent from from my view and they have been all season long. Just a Just a really nice performance from him today. All right, so inning number one. In Cubs and Royals yesterday, after Nico gets on and steals second, you're like, all right, here comes Bellinger. So Talkman grounds out. Nico reaches on the error by Bobby Witt. Ian Happ uh, is up. Nico steals the base. Then Ian Happ flies out. There's two outs. And I want you to listen to Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer on the Cubs radio network. First base is open. Let's see if they pitch to Bellinger with Swanson in the on-deck circle. One thing we have not talked about yet so far in the early going of this game is the conditions. The wind is howling towards left center field. So the ball hit up to the center or left field side of the field is really going to take off. So any ball hit hard and up in the air on that side has a great chance of going out of the ballpark. Now the 2-2. Hit in the air to left field. Let's see if it carries. Back goes Taylor. It's got a chance. Gone! Cody Bellinger with an opposite field two-run home run. 
Ron, that breeze that you just mentioned played a significant factor in that ball sailing over the wall and into the seats. Well, if you look at Singer on the mound and he's frustrated because on a normal day, that's just a fly ball to left. Today is not a normal day. Today is a, a Wrigley Field summer day with the wind howling out and we knew it. And Belly took the first two pitches inside, got a little backdoor breaking ball, and hits this ball in the bleachers and left. Come on. Come on. First of all, how good were they completely on point in every aspect? Where are they going to pitch to him? That's interesting. Um, yeah, good call, Pat. And then Coombe telling you what the conditions are. You heard David Ross there before saying that Bellinger was working on exactly that in BP. Folks, I mean, people, let's, let's talk here, okay? Hitting a baseball, I believe, is like the hardest thing to do in sports. Making contact against a pitcher throwing in the mid-90s who has a breaking ball that looks just like the fastball and can make you look foolish. Just making contact with your cylindrical bat against the round ball flying at you is, is like, I think it's the hardest thing to do in sports. And the numbers would back that up because the best ever to do it are good at it like 35% of the time. And imagine being so good that you can just make sure you hit it high and to the opposite field to take advantage of the wind conditions and know that you have enough power. He is a remarkable, remarkable hitter. And it, that was just really, really cool. Now, a couple numbers. Before I take your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Hop on in, Cub fans. We're talking Bellinger and Belly Bombs and, and all other things uh, regarding the Cubs. Uh, Cody Bellinger with two strikes. Are you guys familiar with his numbers with two strikes? MLB as a whole, the baseball average, and Boog Shambi does a really nice job pointing out league averages sometimes to give you context on how good or bad somebody might be at something. League average as a whole with two strikes has a 171 batting average. When you have two strikes, you are in trouble. 171 batting average, 249 OBP, 272 slugging. Okay? Cody Bellinger has a 296 batting average with two strikes. He's almost hitting 300 with two strikes. Only Luis Arise, the best pure hitter in baseball, the Rod Carew of his day. Luis Arise is hitting 319 with two strikes. Only Luis Arise has a better batting average than Cody Bellinger with two strikes. And oh, by the way, he's got a 333 OBP, a 441 slash line. So it's almost an 800 OPS with two strikes. That's insane. Folks, trust me, that is insane. And just overall what he means, Justin Steele after the game, the ace of the team, talking about Cody Bellinger and what he's done and what he means to this ball club. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um I hate to re repeat myself. Those in an earlier interview I did probably a month ago or so. I was just like, he just must watch television at this point. Anytime he comes up, whatever the situation is, he's uh, he's must watch. He's always putting together great at bats and um, just a great great presence to have in the clubhouse. And uh, yeah, he's the heartbeat right now. The heartbeat right now. Let's go to Paul in Valpo on six seventy. The score on hit and run. Good morning, Paul. Hey Matt, great show. Uh, yeah, great comment. I, you know, you do a great job of 
recognizing all of the great broadcasters we have in this town. And you make a great point there. I think Steve Stone gets so much credit for his, you know, uh, calling things before it happens. But if you listen to all the broadcasts, Coomer's great at it. Deshaies is great at it. Pat Hughes is great at it. All these guys have been in baseball their whole lives. And Steve's not the only guy who can actually predict something before it happens. Uh-huh. But in regards to Bellinger, um, you know, I mean, Dan Bernstein laughed off the chance that he's an MVP because his F4 isn't high enough. Well, he hasn't played enough games. And the Braves lineup is totally stacked. Bellinger's basically on his own as far as power. And he's carrying this team to a playoff uh, berth who most people said they were going to win 74 games. He's got to be in the chance. It's not best F war. It's MVP, most valuable player, just like Justin Steele said. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, I, I think Belly is going to be top five MVP. I actually think he might be top three MVP, uh, depending on, on how it, it, it plays out. If he's healthy and productive the rest of the way and the Cubs make a push into the playoffs, I mean, it's just undeniable what he has meant to this team, to the entirety of the lineup. And you'll have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman pulling votes from each other. You'll have a little bit of Ronald Acuna and Matt Olson pulling votes from each other. I think that's going to get Bellinger into the top three. I think Acuna is going to win MVP and should. Because Ronald Acuna is about to become the first ever 30 home run, 60 stolen base guy. That's what Ronald Acuna is about to do. I mean, just just ridiculous. And I've got I've got more on that a little bit later in terms of what Acuna is going to be doing and joining that club. But yeah, thirty sixty has has never been done. So it, I think it'll be Acuna. But then, as I say, I think people will pull votes, and it's just left-handed run production. Which, by the way, is something Steve Stone has been talking about that the Cubs need uh, for decades. Like, I, I remember for so long. And then all of a sudden, hey, look at that. There's Anthony Rizzo and Kyle Schwarber. And that mattered an awful lot. This league is full of right-handed pitchers, people. And lefties, especially lefties who can hit lefties like Bellinger does. Like, like Rizzo used to. I mean, goodness. It's unbelievably valuable. And, and, and what, what Bellinger has meant to the lineup is outrageous. So uh, if I had an MVP ballot, I go Acuna one. <sighs> I probably go Mookie two just because he does absolutely everything, including playing second base and shortstop a bunch this year. Just made a sliding grab at second base a couple nights ago. He's, he, he's outrageous. Like uh, he made a play that like Nico Horner makes and no one else. Yeah. I mean, and this is the first year he's been allowed to play shortstop, and he just he's so happy to been do it. Been allowed to play shortstop. Yeah, yeah, he wants crazy. to. He's he's been badgering managers his whole life. Can I play shortstop? Can I play short? Uh, no, you're really good in center and a multiple Gold Glove winner in right. We're, and you have a great arm. No, we'd like you. Can I please play shortstop? Shut up, man. Stop asking. <laughs> and then they just let him because he's awesome. So I'd go Acuna, Mookie, Bellinger. That would be my ballot. So I I bet he's going to be top three. And, yes, they absolutely will try and should re-sign the man. It's going to be tough, but I I think they're going to be able to get it done, actually. And people say, he's a Boris guy. He's going to go to free agent and just take the most money. Boris does what his clients want, want him to do. 
I, I mean, he he very rarely you get something in baseball where Freddie Freeman like Freddie wanted to stay in Atlanta, but then the agent and the team kind of got caught up and drew lines in the sand and Freddie had to go to the Dodgers for more money. And it worked out for everybody, but Freddie was sad. Remember that? Players see that. Players know that. Cody Bellinger is a dude who likes to be happy and comfortable. And he's producing now because he's happy and he's comfortable because the Cubs have helped unlock him. It's amazing. So, I, I think they're going to find a way to, to, to sign Bellinger. Um, a little bit more on, on Cody statistically to understand the approach that we're talking about. You remember when he came back from the injury from Houston and he was hitting for average really well. Like he was hitting for batting average, making a lot of contact, and the power just wasn't there. And it was like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if he doesn't have his knees under him or whatever. And I, I don't know if, if that would had anything to do with it, but he was just kind of getting his timing locked back in. And now the home runs have started to come. He's got 20 homers on the season. That is the most since he hit 47 when he won the National League MVP in 2019. And the thing is, we've heard this for years about home runs. If you try to hit home runs, you're probably not going to. If you're just strong enough and you are out there trying to make great contact, then maybe you can hit home runs. Now, Bellinger has tremendous um, bat control, swing control, so sometimes he's trying to give it his A swing and stuff. But also, sometimes he's just trying to make real good contact, and because he's strong enough and because his swing is pure enough, it'll go out. So it's funny because the last couple years, as his launch angle was getting higher and higher and higher, the home runs were getting lower and lower and lower, as was the batting average. And now the batting average is back, and the home runs are coming with it. I just love that about baseball. It's among many things, obviously. Since uh, Bellinger came back from the injuries, hitting 365 with an OPS over 1, 1.018 OPS, 13 homers, 43 RBIs. And, oh, by the way, the Cubs are 33-22 and 22 since his, uh, his return from that injury. 312-644-6767 is your phone number. So Tucker Barnhart has been designated for assignment. Fun fact, uh, we were requesting him to talk to him on the air this week. Hey, let's talk to Tucker Barnhart. He's a good guy. He's an interesting guy. He's a fun guy. He's not a, not a big, important player right now on this team, but he's a good interview. I'd love to talk to Tucker. Let's do that. And then we see he's been designated for assignment. Let's cancel that Tucker Barnhart request, shall we? So we've requested a couple other players, and it's possible that we will get a, a player in the next hour or so, and we'll see if we do. Cubs have been very uh, cooperative, and, and that's been good, I think, for people to hear from a lot of guests on this show and on Inside the Clubhouse. Nick Madrigal on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday with uh, David Haw and our guy Bruce Levine. So we'll see. But um, Tucker Barnhart designated for assignment. And I love the aggression to go ahead and eat the money because he was signed for next year, too. And this will hopefully mean more at-bats and more catching duties for Miguel Amaya, who has shown that he deserves it, is ready for it, and is probably your catcher of the future. And you bring up a guy, okay, so it's Master Miles Mastroboni. Well, that certainly gives you flexibility on the infield. Um, and... Yeah. You know, it, it lets you play somebody at some infield positions who can make a play, who's not 
Patrick Wisdom, who has struggled defensively at first the other day. His plays at first on Friday were really rough. And we've seen him have some some lapses at third as well. So I like that Master Boney's here to play some of that defense. And he, he, he ran well and made good contact last time he was up here, Master Boney. I remember, you know, remember the early season frustrations. But when he was here most recently, he was effective. He was effective, and, and, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm fine with him being back. But it has to be said that in an offseason where you were trying to compete and trying to sign free agents that helped you at the lower end of the market, Trey Mancini is a complete whiff, and they DFA'd him with another year left on his deal, and Tucker Barnhart is a complete whiff, and they DFA him with another year on his deal. Those are misses. In terms of the bullpen, in the beginning it looked like Michael Fulmer maybe was a miss. That's not the case. He has found it and has been great. Julian Merriweather's a big hit. Brad Boxberger was injured. Now he's actually close to coming back. Both um, Brad Boxberger and Nick Birdie are um, close to eligible to come back in terms of health. So, uh, and we know obviously Bellinger is a huge hit in free agency. But Barnhart and Mancini are big misses. Um, Hosmer, Eric Hosmer, is not really a miss because he cost you nothing. And he helped your defense tremendously. And they cut bait on him pretty aggressively. You could argue about the playing time that he got while he was here, but... I mean, it, it's still. I'm I'm kind of amazed that dude is just done. Nobody nobody signed him. Nobody picked him up. So anyway, Cubs have to do better with their free agent, their pro scouting. Do better with their pro scouting and their free agent signees on the lower end of the market. And I'm sure Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins would would tell you the same. But I like the aggressive DFA of Barnhart, and I like the aggression overall since they made that pivot before the trade deadline. Phone lines are open. We're going to take your calls when we come back. Lots to discuss about the Cubs. Top of the hour, White Sox with that Bob Nightingale nugget and uh, some front office mm, theories that I have. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Keep listening to Hit and Run on 670 The Score. You know, you talk about, about leadership in different ways. I mean, he, he plays every single day, whether he's feeling good, not feeling good. Yeah. And can can impact the game in so many ways, you know, getting bags, two strike hits, home runs, whatever it may be. So if that's like, you know, what your 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 top guy or whatever you want to call it is doing, then no reason for anyone else not to, right? So yeah, you're absolutely right. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel Sunday mornings on the score. That is the aforementioned Nico Horner with the aforementioned Parkins and Spiegel at Wrigley Field earlier. In the week, top of the hour, we'll talk some White Sox front office intrigue. But now, your phone calls as we continue trying to figure out what's going to happen with Cody Bellinger in terms of a re-sign and also what these Cubs should be doing right now as they're playing relevant August baseball at Wrigley and beyond. Finale of their series with Kansas City coming up later today. Ben is in Queens on 670 The Score. Hello, Ben. How's it going, Speaks? I hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you. 
I'm uh, I'm I'm a little melancholy here. I'm watching Cuba possibly being eliminated from their first Little League World Series experience, but it's been a hell of a run and a great great story. Um, you know, with the Cubs, Spiegs, I'm so glad you hit it off with Ian Happ. You know, I'm sorry, the lineup's all wrong. The lineup's been wrong all year. They've been getting away with it lately because everybody's getting on base and everybody's been hitting. But, you know, if you look at the difference between the Pythagorean and the real record, it's been the lineup. It's been, you know, when Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer were in the same lineup. It's what you mentioned with Patrick Wisdom, how they use him. You know, Ian Happ. Ian Happ has the seventh best OPS on the team and the tenth best slugging. Why is he batting third? If you, you, you want him ahead of Bellinger because he's got a high on base percentage? Great. Bat him lead off and bat Ballinger second. You went out and got the best bat on the free agent market and Jamer Candelario. He's got an OPS above one as a Cub, and you bat him seventh and eighth and finally up to sixth. What the hell is going on? <laughs> Bellinger should be second. I mean, it's just it's all wrong, and it's going to come back to bite them in the ass in the playoffs when they're going against a really good pitcher. There's been two or three losses with Bellinger being on deck uh, in the in the in the last at bat, and he hasn't got up to bat because he's batting fourth. It's just all wrong, man. But hey, go Cubs! I love it. Maybe they'll win on a Sunday. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, maybe so. Thanks, Ben. Remember that David Ross enjoys lineup construction that makes sense situationally in his mind, and Ian Happ takes a lot of pitches for Nico Horner, who's in front of him, and steals a lot of bases. What's Nico at thirty two right now? So that's part of it, and he likes that Ian Happ takes a lot of pitches, but um, with the results not being there, Happ ambushed yesterday with the bases loaded. That was a first-pitch fastball that he, that he hit for a, an RBI. Um, in no universe, in, in my opinion, should Cody Bellinger not get an at-bat in inning number one. In, in no universe. We know the importance of getting ahead in baseball games, uh, we know the long-term importance of your best hitters getting the most plate appearances. So you could look at it from the macro, but just if we're just thinking about like the vibes of a game, it changes everything when the Braves put up three runs in the first because Acuna and Olsen like are right there, right there. Best guys towards the top. And if you don't want to have him go one, I like Talkman leading off a lot against righties. I enjoy that. And, yeah, Bellinger second. That's where most people play their best hitters. Um, so I, I get it. I'm fine with Bellinger third. But in no universe should he not get an at-bat in inning number one. What are we doing here? Hey, well, you know, he's a manager. He's allowed to make decisions. Uh, this is Tony in Milwaukee on 670 The Score. What do you say, Tony? How are you? Hey, Speaks. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, just a quick, uh, I told you so because hopefully this jogs your memory on a Sunday morning. The last time I called a couple of months ago, I was the guy who asked you when Morrell was getting brought up to help out the big league team. Oh, there we go. Well, well you know, you nailed that one. Nailed that yeah. one, sir. Um, by, uh, by the way, maybe we'll talk about it at some point. I was at that game Wednesday. That is a top 10 game ever attended uh, for me. And I've got a, I've got a decent list. Um, but, but that, I mean, that whole sequence of building towards it and the vibe and everything. And then the morel walk-off is just never going to be forgotten. Lucky man, lucky man. Here's my question. And this one is actually, uh, 
something that I'm very curious as to your opinion on, although I, I think you've made it kind of known. Uh, if you're in today's world of looking all over the Internet, uh, there's a lot been written about Bellinger and how his hard hit rate really isn't done that much better. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of stuff out there about how, for lack of trying to summarize in a short radio blurb, uh, he's just kind of on a burner this year, you know? He's well, just... Well, uh, so, Tony, let me respond. What you're talking about is, and you can go to his baseball savant page, and you see a lot of blue up at the top. He's in the 10th percentile of hard hit rate, which is crazy, really, really low. And he's in the 16th percentile of average exit velocity. So that's what you're talking about. And you go back to his... His 2019 MVP year, it was 86th percent of uh, a percentile of hard hit and 83rd of average exit velo. So that that's what people are trying to figure out. Why is there so much blue on his savant page? Go ahead. Yep. Um, I, I, I've if if that's what you're asking about, I've actually done some research directly into that. Um, talked to Boog Shambi, who talked to some people within the org, exactly and directly. And they say that they're doing something mechanically with his swing that makes it more level. And so the swing is in the zone more often. And so that, and they're sacrificing a little power for that. And that's fine because he's strong enough for the ball to get out when it's right. So that's one factor. They know very well that this is happening and why it's happening. And they're not freaked out by it. The other thing is that you see it anecdotally. That dude swings softer sometimes with two strikes. I gave you the two strike numbers earlier in the uh, in in the show. He's hitting two ninety six with two strikes. And David Ross was talking about. He says he lets the ball get deeper. It's amazing with two strikes and in other situations sometimes he lets the ball get deeper and he just kind of. He just kind of places the bat on the ball, and maybe he'll foul it off, or maybe he'll go oppo. So it's a choice sometimes to use that uh, club that he has in the bag to steal from the golf vernacular. So I'm not as freaked out by those numbers as some other people are. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, Tony. Right? I mean, it's super interesting when when you start nerding out with that stuff and looking at the numbers and why is that? And uh, it led to some very good conversations, and I got, I got smarter about it. We can always, always, always get smarter. All right, it's time to get to the White Sox front office intrigue, and we'll take your calls on it. And then at 1020, a brilliant and hilarious baseball creation you have to know about. That's all coming up next hour. Lee Smith at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Lots of Cubs in the 11 hour. Keep it here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.